Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barco, with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson, writer and teacher Jessica, and community organizer and socialist Kenny Cepeda. We are online at what-s-left.webnum.com. Uh, you can find uh, past episodes uh, or any of the um, our episodes in the episode notes. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, share favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thanks. Let's see. Today we'll be discussing um, Ketanji uh, Jackson Brown, or Brown Jackson. It's the other way around. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, she is the Supreme Court nominee in the confirmation hearings for last week, and they have now concluded. So I thought maybe we could give this a try. This could be potentially a short episode. I'm, I know we've discussed <laughs> uh, uh, Ruth. Bader Ginsburg um, some time ago in an episode before, and, and uh, Andy will post uh, the link to that in the episode notes. Um, but this is the first time we have now uh, uh, the first black woman to s potentially serve on the Supreme Court. And um, I thought maybe it'd be something that we talk about mainstream stuff so that we could also be in that conversation as well. We could sort of jump on the current of the waves of that, of, of, of mainstream news at the moment. Yeah, and just because we have covered this, but Jessica wasn't with us when we covered this I kind see. of material. So in all honesty, the only thing I'm interested in was what's gonna come out of Jessica's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what the pressure. <laughs> no, I'm not just, I'm curious. I'm curious what, what she makes of this thing that's happening on TV and in, these hearings and it could be about Katanji Brown Jackson. It could be about the Supreme court. It could be about the ruling class. It could be about a lot of things. So I'm, I'm just curious, Jessica, what you make of this? And then we will probably. Yeah, good, good I'm going to put you in the spot too, Jessica. Like, what have you heard about this person? You know, like, cause I've, I personally got to admit, I didn't know much. wasn't interested. You know, if people go back to our episode on Ginsburg, they might understand in, we'll probably, repeat some of the same points here, but I'm curious as to like, what did you know about this person, um, you know, who's being nominated? Yeah, well, I I didn't go back and listen to your guys' Ginsburg um, episode, so I don't know what you said about her, but I'm sure you've also gained, you know, new viewers and stuff since then. So I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts as well. But to be honest, I didn't know a lot. I mean, I really haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to it. Um, I mean, in the past, but especially now, I think a lot of this type of thing just seems to me to be a lot of political theater. Um, and I, I mean, I, I read a couple articles, but to be honest, I didn't really do like any intense uh, research prior to this. So I don't know a lot about her. I mean, the biggest thing that everybody keeps talking about is it, it's the first black female nominee. So, you know, it's obviously um just super super identity politics type of a um you know portrayal and i watched maybe 10 minutes of clips um of you know questioning and so i know kind of some of the you know critiques and talking points that have been going around in terms of independent media and from the right but yeah, I mean, the Supreme Court seems to me to be, I don't know. I mean, it's fucking like you're, it's a lifetime post, right? It's, they're unelected. 
you have to either quit or die. It's like one step short of monarchy. I mean, it's just insane. Um, and I always find it like with a Kavanaugh with, um, what's her face? Who's the last one? Amy, uh, what's her, they always have so many names. You're so right. Eduardo. Connie Barrett. Um, you know, it's always one side freaks out and then the other side paints it as like, oh my God, you know, if it's the Democrats, like Roe v. Wade is over, it's over, right? Or on the other side, same thing, just different cultural issue, different identity politics issue, when in reality, I mean, the Supreme Court, most of them, all of them are, you know, they they come from the same schools, the same backgrounds, they side with corporations, they side with policing. So yeah, it doesn't really uh, get me super excited or intrigued or, you know, anything. So I don't know, that's, that's my sort of initial thing. Um, We can talk more about uh, her specifically. And I don't know, like some of the moments that you know, have been clipped going around, but I definitely didn't sit down and watch like four days of <laughs> questioning. And and I'm I think, curious, Eduardo, what you make of this? Oh, I'm curious what you make of it too, Andy. I mean, oh, you know what I make. I of it. honestly think I should probably start this up because I think what I'm going to say is going to give insight, sort of kindling for this yeah. campfire to get going because. I could see that it wasn't that much interest. It wasn't interesting for, you know, I mean, I, I listen. So here's how I'll start. So I listen to KPFA. I, I, I think it's important for me to step one in one foot into like alternative news sources and to listen to some things on YouTube, especially folks that are usually censored and mainstream news. No, I think that we've already listed some folks here, like Glenn Greenwald and also Chris Hedges and other people who have been censored from like right now, RT has been pulled down from YouTube. Uh, and so Chris Hedges has um, was pulled down from like all of his episodes, I think, which is um, unfortunate. And there is a, so so I, I I try to stick one foot out of mainstream news, but I do keep I do try to keep like listening to what's happening, and I listen to podcasts all day. So KPFA is a local radio station here in the Bay Area, and it's very progressive, very liberal, very identity politics, right? And I have a lot of issues with it. So I. So I just, all the things that are being said about it, I think there are some things I agree, some things I disagree, some things that I feel is, um, just don't make any sense. I, I also just disagree with um, the way that we think of women or people of color being politis- you know, politically used in order to affect change, because that's just as we have seen with like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago as the first mayor. So, so I think we've already stated before, like, you know, we've said it before, like Alabama has a, a, a woman governor and she's anti-choice, right? She's pro-life, right? So, I mean, to think that there is going to be a woman in power or any people of color that are going to affect change in the way that we want it, I think that's just the farce. That's something that we're kidding ourselves as we have now seen with many people as President Barack Obama is given the nomination for or was uh, given um, a Nobel Peace Prize and then going to war in Syria and going to war in the Middle East, right? So I think that that's just something we have to contend and realize that it's not going to affect any change. Uh, and I've lost those politics over time. Uh, but there are things in this where Ketanji Brown-Jackson that I found interesting uh, 
And things that I also felt like were kind of disgusting, well, not kind, they're very blatantly disgusting from right-wing attacks on and on her that I think that it points to a larger issue in the world or in the system that we live in here in the USA, which is that there is, there's, there's a real thing as uh, institutionalized racism. So I thought that something we didn't discuss in, uh, for RGB or BG or Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, este, was um, racism, which has been a topic that we haven't touched in a while since I think back when Andy and I just talked about it back in the beginning. So I thought maybe we would delve into that a little bit because she was, you know, there were lots of ridiculous racist accusations thrown at um, Judge Jackson um, every chance that there was um, a question and interrogation. And I found that to be you know, unnecessary. I also thought, okay, fine. It's not like I think that the institution of the Supreme Court is going to be affecting any change, right? I do think that like the Supreme Court is not an institution of justice and it's unable to affect radical changes we need in order to build a better world, you know, um, against oppression. But I also think that like there are vile racist attacks that need, well, myself, I'll just, for myself, I'll, I'll just speak out against. And the things like, you know, questioning her qualifications, such as her grades, asking to see if she really got into Harvard. You know, she went to Harvard twice. Or asking, like, if anyone asked any of your students, you know, Andy or Jessica, like anyone asked, like, oh, how did you get into this school? Let me see your grades or let me see your test scores. Like, I think something like that is what, like, folks like Judge Jackson or other people of color and other people in this country face. And that's real thing like I, I thought maybe that is something I wanted to just show and like the, how blatantly um, you know there are racist comments that are still going about and I well for me I'll just announce those but I also think that it's important to see how we just that these things are used to weaponize against people that are also you know have long been working hard to come out how they are how they are in this system and still they'll be uh, there's no, I don't think that there's any way like this to improve as long as you're in this kind of system. Like they're just always going to be racism, no matter how much you try to improve. Like this system in itself is just not going to work. And to affect change or to try to change or to get educated, to rise up in the ranks is just not uh, in the current system that we're living in. It's just not going, it, you just, we're not going to achieve any sort of liberation. So I thought... I'll end it there. I think that I've left enough for um, some bait for you piranhas to start going to eat. So uh, mostly Kenyan Andy, sorry, just, but I know that they, they're ready. So sexist. that's no, no. how sexist he is. He just thinks but I, I thought maybe, that. you know, I throw a little bit of, you know, some leftover meat there so that you all can start chomping now. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see Andy's face the whole time. You want to respond, Kenny? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, Eduardo, and like that's like, <laughs> I think that's like the the overarching theme here, right? And like, and um, but I think it drives us back to this notion that those issues are going to be solved by educating people and fighting, the, you know, like the the rhetoric and fighting this and that. 
And but like fundamentally, at least how I see it, um, you know, like we've talked about, right? Like how changing the world, struggling together, learning that who we can trust and we can trust, le learning to know what each other is about, right? Like learning in the struggle. That's really what is going to change these attitudes, right? I'm not denying they don't exist. They do. I, I had a recent fucking, you know, racist uh, incident. I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. But this is where I have a problem with this, like, that to present her as a victim. Um, this is a, per like, one thing I was reminded in doing the little reading that I did about this person, uh, Kintanji Brown, right? And quite honestly, I didn't know about her. I didn't care about her unless, you know, we, we came up with this topic. And so what I realized is that I was reminded of what it takes to be part of the system. You have to go to Harvard. You know, you have to go into an Ivy League. The people who are really in power are in the same spaces together, right? So this is why I understand the New World Order people, right? Like they, in the, these like, uh, you know, this group, these uh, cults, right? Like, and, and you do have to do certain things in order to advance, right? Or you can be used as a bait. And, and so I'm not victimizing this person because she's an educated person, right? In this system, she knows how to advance in the system. He went to, she went to Harvard. You know, went to Harvard Law. She's been around all these piranhas, 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 the actual piranhas that, that you should be concerned about. So she's not a victim. And guess what? She was thrown into this moment exactly to do that, to steer fucking racism, not to stop it, not to solve, not to progress, but to regress and make sure that we're all bickering about this shit. You know, and, and not focus on the fact that this institution, which I think Jessica, you, you hit it on the note, Lipson, I think you used that term, that this is a judicial monarchy. Mm. Not close to it, it's a judicial monarchy. You know, this is what we used in the last uh, episode on the RBG. And uh, their, their task is not to <laughs> advance or progress, their, their task is to maintain the system, make sure the system, and you were right, Jessica, they are tasked. If you look at the Democratic, you know, liberal, whatever nominees in the Supreme Court, uh, they have a long history of siding with corporations. You're right, Jessica. You know, uh, and uh, and so, long story short, we can go around in circles. My point is that that she was thrown into this moment to exactly do this, the, the shit that we're talking about. You know, like the, the superficial shit. You know, and, and we before we started recording, we made a joke about Chris Rock and uh, you know Will Smith. And to me, this is not that different than that bullshit. You know, like it, it achieves a similar thing. Um, you know, people bickering and, and moralizing and, and pointing fingers at each other, but we lose target of the, the, the actual, you know, thing that's happening. You know, you know the, the, the robbery that we went, underwent on the last two years, right? The massive theft, you know, and, and a lot these institutions are tasked with maintaining that theft that we keep talking about. And then give us an illusion of progress well, why the fuck should they rule our lives? Why should they rule whether someone, you know, wants to get an abortion or not? You know, like, and, and so, again, it's a distraction. It's a facade. It's, 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 it's deliberate in, in, in to remind us against what, what Lipson has been saying, that thinking that they're dumb is our biggest mistake. This is deliberate. This is orchestrated. This is organized. When you look at those hearings, a hot goddamn show, the same topics always... You know, it, 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 only if you're dumb, you get caught in that fucking like exchange of, of them, you know, uh, pretending like they care about people, both sides, 
you know, because I, I listen to fucking Marco Rubio or whatever, uh, the other dude, I don't give a shit, but talking about protecting kids, you know, and rapists and like her not being tough enough on crime. And then she's like, I love this country. I love America. What about fucking Booker? You know, that dude from New York or Philadelphia, I don't know, New Jersey, whatever. You know, just like crying. <laughs> you know, like you love America, you know, even when America didn't love you, like, you know, like you still loved America. Like, oh my God, like that, that, if anything, I was scared from listening to all that shit because if you're not a patriot, then you have a fucking problem. And that's the, and, and this is also pointing ahead, I think, to, for where we're heading. And so it's fucking scary, actually. It's not just a fucking game. It's not just about racism or, you know, or addressing racism to make it better for us as a society. On the contrary, that's my point. I just want to say really quick, and then because I want to hear Andy go off, <laughs> but um, just the thing about uh, it not being that dissimilar to the Oscars moment. It's so true. Like it's, it's branding, like just like the celebrities, like build their brand or whatever. Like that's how I felt about RBG, um, RBG, you know, like she became, and they, they branded her into this like hashtag I descent and like all of this fake feminist crap meanwhile like you know she's going all in for pipelines and pleasing and all of this shit and then same thing now like they're branding um brown jackson as you know this anti-racist like powerful black woman <laughs> i mean all she stands for the exact opposite like racism will be worse racist policies will be worse and I just want to add one thing that I think I've mentioned before, at least, I don't know where I heard this, whatever, but that when you see people of a community invited into the halls of power, it's a warning sign that there will be an attack on that community. And, you know, that's like a imperialism 101. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, the other thing I want to mention is she's not just a member of the Harvard elite. Um, and she's not just uh, having a current seat on the Harvard Board of Overseers, which I think is a great name um, uh, for somebody who's about to be put on, on a, a form of monarchy. Um, but she was a member of the Cosmo Club. And a Cosmo, cl Cosmo Club is like only allowed white men into it until 1960. And the first woman was placed in it in 1987. But that's not the issue. The issue is that is an elite club that she has been invited to be part of and it is branding and i guarantee you cosmo club was trying to brand themselves when they invited her in brand and brand themselves in brand themselves as um as progressive as for the cop for for a public defender a person who's been in the judicial system but a public defender on that side we're not here to harm you and there is something accomplished by this by her becoming Supreme Court. It is representation. It has nothing to do or will accomplish nothing on racism, only it will make racism worse. And I think we all agree there is institutional racism. It is a problem in capitalist society and it's gonna get worse. And her appointment to it ensures that it will get worse. It ensures that the world will get worse for women because what her appointment is, her, her appointment is not just branding for her, it's not just branding for the Supreme Court. It is branding for the U.S. capitalist class. It is their branding to say, we 
Why, why do they call this historic? Historic that we have four women on the Supreme Court. Historic that it's black. Why do they use that? What's the history there? The hist implied in the making history is that there is a slow march of progression of, of progress on civil rights in the United States, a slow march of progress on against sexism on the United States. That's not true in China. We're gonna go bomb the fuck out of them because they're 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 a fake democracy. We are a real democracy because we are making progress on this. I guarantee you that that's how this is going to be. This is how it's used. Now, of course, it has an electoral aim as well to play the game that we're seeing of, well, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. But honestly, the biggest, most dangerous game that is being played is to basically what it's hiding. It is hiding the, the violent, racist, sexist, maniacal class that is the United States ruling class. It allows it to hide it behind a sheen of progressivism and not expose the fact that these are the most violent characters on the planet. They're willing to destroy Ukraine, uh, s slaughter people in Yemen, slaughter people in Afghanistan, maintain Guantanamo Bay, immiserate people in terms of wealth and transfer wealth over the last few years well up, cause vaccine mandates, which they know are harming black people and people of color even worse, and of course, poor people worse. She is meant to hide all that. That's her job. And that's, and that's why Brandy said something. Brandy, I was asking Brandy about, do you know about this Katanji Brown Jackson person? He goes, yeah. She goes, the black person going to the Supreme Court. I guess that's good. It's a woman going to the Supreme Court. I guess that's good. But, you know, she goes, but it's really going to do nothing. And I said, you know, and she goes, I think she's a Democrat. Um, and, but she goes, it's not going to do anything. And she goes, Brandy, I said to her, I said, Brandy, I agree with everything you said, except that this is good. This is not good. This is very bad, actually. What's taking place is actually something that is like I really agree with Kenny ensures, or it is a precursor to a to a ruling class that is planning on cracking down and making lives worse for all workers, especially though I would say black workers. And I think it's going to make lives that it's worse for women because it's going to drive down the living standards of everyone and it's going to miserate everyone in this country. Well, not everyone, but the vast majority of workers in this country, and that's. That's who is going to be affected by this. And this woman will rise like a balloon to the top and be like, look, look what this, look, look what this society is producing. There is something that is progressive here. She's not going to be the one that she might not say it. She'll be a, a spokesperson for them of a sort of a sort. But it, it's really that the U.S. ruling class gets to brand themselves as the opposite of what they are. They get to hide behind figures like this. Um, and the other thing I'll say, and that I guess it is related to the to the Oscars. And this is kind of connected to the probably the only person who I felt like said something really for me profound was with a, a thing Russell Brand said something which I'll post about it. And what he what he was saying is what's happened is in this in the issue of the Oscars people are invited the rest of us are invited to be spectators and say are you Team Will are you Team Chris you know and but the bottom line is you aren't part of that show you did not decide that the Oscars occur that's their fucking show. You are just invited to, to weigh in. And that is seen as a way of engaging like society. And that's what's happening, I think, here. Workers are invited to be spectators to this whole sham. And the way we will fight or the way we will fight racism is we will take a side supporting Katanji Brown Jackson. That's our that is what we are invited to do. And we can then say people call that virtue signaling or whatever. I, I don't even know if I would call it that. I would just say. 
That is impotence. That is the work, working class impotence in dealing with, with racism. Because all it is is us commenting on an institution, which is a dictatorship, which plans on pushing more racism, more inequality on us, and will use the Supreme Court as part of that. So I think what's happening is awful. I think it's awful that they get to hide, they get to put on this charade and we have to act like there's something good about it. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say this is absolutely awful. I'm not for her appointment. I'm not against her appointment. I'm against the Supreme Court. I think the whole thing should be shat- taken down. The whole thing is a is a is completely undemocratic. And there's nothing could be done here other than all those the Supreme Court and all those characters who are deciding about the Supreme Court all have to go. That's it. So that's what I would say. It's so much more embarrassing than elections too. Cause I feel like at least with elections when people are cheering on this crap, like there's the facade of like, you know, choice and representation. But I just I cannot understand people who are like, yes, like, yes, can Johnny. <sighs> this is a this is a precursor to that. This is I mean Yeah, oh yeah. This is preparation for making November sound like it means something because here we are. It's almost like the, um, it's the, what's that called? The, the, the preseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, also like, it, it gives people the opportunity to lie to themselves again, um, in the sense of, you know, a lot of people have been disappointed by Biden, right? Like with like the promises and all this bullshit. And, but then, then here we go, right? Like this is progressive. This is at least, you know, this is a, at least something, you know, that, that whole politics of at least the, the lesser evilism. So it's just like a little, you know, like little salt, a little salt for people to swallow the bullshit, I guess. Um, yeah. I think what came out of the Oscars was more of a heightened awareness. I think I appreciate in the black community, women, suffer alopecia and hair loss i think that was something that i um think that for me i took away from that i mean yes it was overshadowed by you know will and chris uh uh let's see well there are points that i agree with both of you and, and there are points that i also feel as if there are um how do i say it's not it's not like I I agree that the Russian Russians invading Ukraine is something that I I'm all right with, but I think I put into perspective for when I talk about um, about it with friends. And so I think for me, this isn't like I have no hope that we're going. To, it's it's constantly a battle of ideology when Supreme Court nominees are trying to be um, onto the Supreme Court. And I agree with Jess. It's like. These people are appointed for life in Mexico. There's 11 um, Supreme Court justices in their state. They're there for 15 years. I've said that before, which is, I think this is the only country that does it for life or has that, like, that um, the Supreme Court justices are like this, this, um, the highest court of the land. This is, so it makes it very daunting. It's like, oh my God, we need to have the right Supreme Court justice for this. And, um, it is a battle of ideology, and I do feel with COVID having had these two two years of um, experience, I it's weird. I I have now felt a little threatened by the liberal justices there to think that you know 
if they were, you know, at one point a Supreme Court case would come onto their desk about uh, mandates, about more surveillance. I don't know. I, I think it would be quite easy to see that liberal justices would just be like, of course we should be doing this because we're in a pandemic, we're in an emergency, right? Granting emergency powers to the presidency. And um, we've seen things like that happen with like the Muslim ban, right? That was immediately granted or uh, the Japanese being uh, internment camps because of emergency powers, because we're in a time of war or because we're in a time of a pandemic. So I, I get almost afraid now. I don't see liberal justices uh, nominees as the same way anymore. I, I feel very afraid. Even now, we, um, I think, um, remind me, the Teachers for Choice teacher, I forget right now, who we interviewed, Andy, I just forget his name, blanked out. Oh, Teachers Michael Kane. Michael Kane. there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Kane released some statement, some email about how uh, the emergency uh, appeal for the uh, um, teachers that were laid off be- and were trying to use uh, religious exemptions, uh, the emergency appeal for that to be considered the Supreme Court was just dismissed. And one of those major, major dismiss, and like the person who oversees emergency appeals, so the, people, the person who sees is Sotomayor. You know, she is the liberal justice who who said, nope, we're not going to take this, you know. So that gave me insight into how much that we're so dependent on justices uh, ruling over our lives. And I'm not as excited as I once was, but, but maybe a year ago, two years ago, um, Trump era time, to see... Uh, um, Justices representing my people of color, representing, you know, identity politics. Uh, I thought, you know, this, what made it interesting for me more so was just her record, her track record as someone that has gone to public school, um, you know, had a a working class family, someone who called out, uh, you know, Bush and uh, Rumsfeld as war criminals, (laughs) Uh, and who was also a public defender and who also worked in Guantanamo Bay uh, uh, representing clients there, Muslims. And so I, I thought, you know, those Guantanamo detainees, which I'm opposed to just be any sort of incarceration, uh, there is that that I thought was significant in her record. And I thought any of that could be, it's unfortunate that we, we, we do look at it. And I, I can see myself just even trying to grasp on holding on to something that's like, oh my goodness, at least we'll have something where we can at least sort of alleviate the oppression that mass incarceration has on people, especially poor people, you know, and it makes, it's, it's, it's this hope or this, this desire to want to alleviate some of that stress that happens. And I do think it's foolish to think that, oh my goodness, we dependent so much, as like I said, right, on just like shoestring of people uh, deciding our fates. Uh, so it's this weird feeling I, I'm just exploring inside me that that's the reason why I decided to bring this up, that it's, I want this entire system to be derrotado, to be destroyed. And at the same time, it's like, until then, like what these 
updates do to me in my head are just like little lights of hope. I see it in my observation of myself and my 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 ever evolving politics now as I'm sharing. I'll stop there so anyone can share. <clears throat> I find it interesting, you know, like I, I didn't know her record. I was reading about it and I also saw that uh, whole exchange, you know, in Congress, at least one of the, the edited, you know, snapshots of what was happening. And, and so they, they asked her about that topic of having uh, called uh, U.S. presidents were criminals. And her answers was, I love America. You know, I love the law. And, you know, and, and again, like, right, like we, 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 this is also like we are the U.S., like the creators of reality TV, right? Like <laughs> we love that that shit. We consume it. It's so like part of our DNA, I think. Um, and you know, here is someone, right? Like with like the the right background, right? That's that's the, the selling point, the branding, um, and gets the spotlight, right? And like I generally try not to focus on the individual. Like I try to focus on the institution because. Uh, that's what they want us to do, to focus on one individual, to blame one person, you know, to to focus on this and that and like and put our hopes behind one person, you know, and, and then do it over again and do it over and over and put your hopes in the new character. And again, she had the spotlight, right? If we're focusing on herself individually, she had the spotlight to double down on that shit, to show like, you know, really like what I'm about, right? It's kind of like... Um, it reminds me of Ocasio Cortez, you know how she wrote with all the rhetoric, you know, and then when the spotlight is on her, when they had, she could put her neck on the line, her career on the line, right? What did she choose? You know, like this was a massive one, right? Like we all know, everyone fucking kind of knows, like the U.S. presidents are war criminals, all of them. <laughs> she wasn't wrong, but when she had the spotlight, these Harvard-educated and you know, in Harvard um, invited and you know, person, what did she do? You know, like, what did she do? Like, you know, she's, if anything, she'd be fucking scared because she's telling you she loves America and she loves, you know, the law. And, and she's gonna, you know, uh, you know, and that was the whole thing about Republicans, you know, in that whole show. And like, if you don't know, you're watching reality TV, then you get swallowed into this, you know, fucking soap opera that that's what they were doing and, and that's what she showed that she is gonna fucking come after you she is gonna be tough on crime you know if anything you know like i'm afraid like you know the 90s are coming back you know like the biden time you know remember what biden you know the, the tough on crime bullshit you know and, and she's gonna be this person to deliver that and don't question her because she's a black woman the first black woman ever don't fucking question her you know, it's, so it, it actually is scary. Not because, you know, her personally, I don't care like one way or the other about her as an individual. It's what the ruling class power is doing, you know, to ensure that they have a tool for attack, for a hammer in their hands, you know, and to, you know, keep robbing us fucking blind, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, the individual stuff is 
not where the focus should be. But I mean, I just got to say, like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, the comparison you drew between AOC, like, <laughs> like Brown Jackson was a public defender. Like AOC was a bartender. Like, give me a break. Like AOC went to fucking Boston College or wherever. Like, no. And, and um, Katanji, she, I mean, she was a public defender for like what? two years or something yeah I mean it's a it's a box tick as far as I'm concerned like she you know she went to the top schools and now like you can just see in terms of like where she's getting the support and like you know with the policing issue like you were saying Kenny like she's gotten pretty much across the board support from like every top you know law enforcement um group they all want her confirmed it's not, you know, they, they know what they're getting. Right. And it's not the same way, like, you know, BLM, like biggest fucking street protest movement, right. Since the civil rights era. And yet like, who do we get in the fucking oval office? Top cop. And then Biden author of the crime bill. I mean, it's just, Oh, it's such a joke. It's so backwards. And I just want to remind, right, like the two years that we went underwent for opposing a fucking vaccine mandate, right? Yeah. In, in having autonomy over our bodies and, and all that shit. And what did that get us? Right? But now that they hear someone who's on the cusp of being crowned a fucking, you know, judicial monarch. She was no rebel. She's no fucking rebel. Let's not, let's not pretend shit. Like, she's no fucking rebel. In order to make it to that height, because if you oppose the system, you get kicked to the curb. Your fucking life gets made miserable. You lose your career. So she's not a rebel. She's not a victim. You know, she's fully in the system, even if she's tokenized. But she knows she's being fucking tokenized. And she's written that shit to be in the same structure of power that we want to fucking destroy. Her husband's family is all, they're all like Republican um top people too so it's like literally a bipartisan like family it's like how perfect one party system yeah i mean i do eduardo i do appreciate what your last comments um and i actually think they speak to how powerful this medicine that they're shoving down our throats is um for me there's no question that you've seen how bitterly over these last two years you've you've seen with your own eyes i mean in your own struggle how much racism is being used in this fourth industrial revolution just in terms of edu- just in terms of what's going on in education alone you've seen how brutal this ruling class is willing to be and how they'll use representation to shove that shit down our throats um and yet what you what you acknowledge is like they still can get they can still find a new inch of land to kind of try to draw a person in. So I appreciate you saying that because I do think that's how the, that's one of the roles this is trying to do is like, is to draw people in on both sides, draw people in on the, on the Democratic Party and draw people in on the Republican Party. And each person can lay claim to some position. They might've heard something from a Republican that they liked that got said during this, oh yeah, I'm, I'm team Republican. And then somebody else says, I'm team Democrat. Um, when, not only is nothing to mean this will not only not mean anything's done about racism, as Kenny said, 
we can be assured that institutionalized racism will run even deeper and get even harder. Not because Katanji Brown Jackson, she's not going to be the person who per se does it. She will be on the flag when they do it. She'll be part of the flag they wave to say, this isn't racism. This is just order. Um, but it, it does, it does indicate that they have a plan to crack down more on us because they, because they're, you're, they're waving a person like this. But I also, I think it's really worth going back to that la our last episode and how the Chinese and Russia were using the term democracy. And they talked about how the U.S. is using the term democracy. It's a little in, it's a literal inversion, of course, in both cases. None of these countries have any interest in democracy. They have only interest in voracious appetite of control and dominance and profits, all of them. And so when their flag goes forward into the different countries, there's going to be a little face of Kantaji Brown Jackson on there going, we're the democratic, we're the actual democratic power. We're the actual progressive power because look what we got. Look what we've, we have four women on the Supreme Court. One of them is a black woman, one of them is a Latina. And that's how it's going to be sold. And that, and, and it will be sold to hide the, the danger that is, that is coming in and then get us to support it in some way, shape or form. So it's, um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's very depressing to see this, this show go on, but I appreciate you acknowledging or at least sharing with us how it gets in. Um, because I don't, apparently a person can see all sorts of things, but these moments can still cause a person to, to have that. I would not actually call it hope. I would call it almost like a kind of despair because I think what you're doing is you're calculating that maybe those people on that side of the aisle might do something to hedge a little bit. And that, and at that point, and when you're thinking like that, not you, but when one thinks like that, you have one has given up the idea that there's going to be any major change here. And the best you can do is create a hedge against the coming storm. Um, but the reality is, is by thinking that, that there's that, that other side, which is just as, committed to racism, institutional racism and sexism as the Republican side. Democrats are just as committed to it. Um, to think that there's one or two sides merely means we get fooled again. I'm thinking about <clears throat> some of our listeners and viewers that have also, you know, may be on the other side of the aisle for I, different from liberal progressive um, politics that there are people still holding on to the way that Republicans can sort of be their saviors, you know? mm -hmm. in the same way that many liberals can think that also Democrats can be their saviors. I know that that's a discussion I'm having with someone that I is conservative and is going to just be all for whatever the Republicans are saying. So I, I can see how it, it can also be something that the other on the other side is being used for. But yes, I, I I think that like racism is truly um, being shown as we see Biden holding on to Ukrainian babies, but not letting Haitian babies come through the border and not letting other people of color. Like if I think that there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, just uh, double standards. Um, and I also think that there's just enough uh, for us already in the mainstream news that this is just taking over. Um, it, take, it took over the COVID. The COVID, COVID is being less because of Ukraine and this nomination. I think those two things I've, I was making observations about, but these these took up the space in the, in the, at least in the past week. Uh, and so 
let's see. I, I mean, I don't have anything else to add to that. I, um, I thought maybe it would just be a, a topic of, you know, a short discussion for us to have on this. You know, I just want to comment on that double standard thing. Um, you know, like, I think we know this already. I mean, like, it's not new. You know, like, the, the double standards exist. You know, like, for me personally, it's like, tell me something new. Because, like, at this point, and, like, I just hear us, you know, just whining, you know, about the double standards. You know, it's like, and so, and we're still going to play their game. You know, we know racism exists. We know this stuff, like, you know, got to be in a fucking box, you know. And, but, and that's one thing, right, that I obviously agree with a lot of liberals. Like, I know this shit. I don't have to fucking keep repeating it. But that's all they do. That's all we do. You know, just just complaining and repeat this shit. So where is the difference of our approach? Where is our empowerment? And this is what one of the reasons I fucking detest identity politics. Because it actually thinks this empowers people. It, it puts the, the, the social change on someone else. You know, that someone else needs to change an attitude. You know, Kwame Ture says that, right? Racism is not about an attitude. It's about power. In power, that power comes from capitalism, you know? So like, as long as I keep, and I get it, the fucking world, and I'm not saying suck it up or whatever, you know, I'm not, but I really want to change this world. And like complaining and just highlighting the same shit over and over, it's not going to change shit. You know, what is going to change shit is changing our attitude and our understanding that these are, they are playing us. They are do they're, you know, putting up a show to again, do those things to, get us in so many different emotional manipulative ways to play their game. That's how I see it, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, I think, well, first of all, I think I need to respond to, like, one thing I, I, look, one thing that I remember from the start of What's Left was to discuss some of the current events to be able to see how, what alternative viewpoint we have toward about the current event. like. We are discussing Katanji um, Brown-Jackson. It may not be, have been your preferred topic, but the thing is, it dominates the mainstream news. It is a point of discussion. These are things people are talking about. And especially with new subscribers, viewers, and listeners, and especially with so much that has happened since COVID, right? I think discussing current events has is, re- is, is relevant in the sense that we must give that perspective as we've had evolving um, conversation, uh, evolving politics. And I also think that a lot of the people that we, t- that listen to us, even now as we're growing slowly, but surely as it's, it's how do we then provide like we did with Russian and Ukrainian uh, perspective? Like there is no, position that we I, I i had seen that we took like we're not for russian invading the ukraine and we're also not for the usa invading uh the ukraine but we gave context and we gave perspective to something that's happening as a current event something that's happening in the news and i think that when this topic is being brought forth it may have been like all oh, right but we already discussed this but this is something that is dominating and i think of it like i really do appreciate one of our interviewees uh, we had Natalie Risi, who said when she was saying that we she's been um, one of the candidates for um, 
uh, for the elections. And, I'm, and she's like, it's not so much that I believe, well, she didn't say it like this, but she says, it's not so much that I think that I'm going to win. It's more so that I'm going to be a part of the conversation so that because it dominates so much of the conversation that I'm going to be a part of that conversation to say, look, there is something else that we could actually be thinking about here. It's beyond these elections. It's outside of these elections. And in order for, to be a part of that conversation, in order for us to have that, we need to really be involved in the current. Like, I'm not necessarily saying that this is, like, even I was expressing, like, I could see myself, right, listening to KPFA, glimmers and lights of desire to want to change. I'm so disillusioned myself with the current state of affairs. I'm so disillusioned with the Supreme Court, right, as an institution, as the whole institution, really, but I can see myself as an example, as one as a, like a test tube. If I can use myself for what's left, if I can use myself for a reflection of the audience and listeners, like it is still, we live in this world. We live in the society. Like I live in San Francisco, like every day of my life, the identity politics issue is like a ringing bell inside my head. And it's like, how do I get away from that? I don't think that I can just like tune it out. Even if I stop listening to liberal news, like it's something that, is ingrained in us. And I think of it like my former Jehovah's Witness religion. It's something that I continuously able to cite scriptures. You know, it's not like I can just suddenly recover and just like let go of it. I really do have like these ingrained indoctrinated selves inside me, you know? And so I thought maybe this topic would be a conversation starters for us to really discuss. Like, like there are points that I see that would be really great in having the Supreme Court nominee just be a represent, like have the Supreme Court represent us, like what USA looks like. But then I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, there I go again, <laughs> thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, and then thinking about the institution itself, how it's always just going to be, as you've already highlighted, which I'm not going to re-highlight what you say, because otherwise it's going to be redundant. And I decided not to say what you both are saying already and what just has also reverberated. So I'm not going to just, you know, just like vomit the same thing. I'm just saying like real stuff is happening for people like myself and I'm sure people on the other side, on the other aisle, which are people who still have Republicans as their savior, which is we still are so engrossed and enticed and, you know, sucked into this way of thinking that it's only makes sense to listen to some of those thoughts out loud and to discuss them and to have other audience members potentially comment and see how it reflects on them. You know, and I think that that's what I'm, at least that's the intention I thought I would bring forth to this discussion. Um, so I don't know what you all make of that. I'd like to hear someone else saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think you're absolutely right, Eduardo, that you're like what you're experiencing in terms of like, you know, the different voices in your head. I mean, to some degree, I think we all experience that, but I think. I have lots of voices in my part of why it's hard to kick though is because like we've all been saying even though identity politics is is bullshit like racism is real sexism is real so it is i mean that's part of why it's it's um why it works right as a strategy because most people are like they are good they're they're trying to they want to see themselves represented and we should but yeah i mean i i i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying but you go go ahead andy andy i was gonna 
Yeah. I mean, I, I understand Kenny's frustration of, can we get beyond this? Um, but I, I think I do. I agree really. I think the spirit of what you're saying, Eduardo, is that we have to remember that and what's left, which is this is a place where we come to talk about this and, um, and it is meaningful for a per when a person who has, I'm not talking about you now, Eduardo, but what, when one who has been trapped in the democratic party framework or trapped in the Republican party framework, when they talk about a hypocrisy that they see in their own party, that's an important moment. Like um, when they say, wait, DeSanto says he's for this or he's a, uh, he's uh, for against vaccine vaccine mandates, but he never seems to criticize the vaccine. He, he seems to never talk about ivermectin. He seems to never like what's going on there. Is he really for our health? Cause it's, I, I there's not, if, if a person who was like dedicated Republican Party and thinking that DeSantos or Trump is the way forward starts to say those sorts of things, I feel like those are meaningful. When they start to identify the hypocrisy on that end, um, it's it's just as meaningful as when people start to identify that uh, on the other end. So um, I think those hypocrisies are important. Um, and so I will say that I still feel that frustration about where how do we get beyond that? But Kenny, I, I don't like, we're a long way from that. Like me and Brandy are doing tabling, you know, trying to like meet people in the, at, in the farmer's market and, you know, who might want to get involved in like fighting the fourth industrial revolution and fighting the vaccine mandates and da, 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 da. And we're meeting people who feel, who don't like what's happening, but, but to at, but they ask us, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, we're out here tabling, trying to talk to other people about what, what are we going to do? You know, well, that's what you're doing. I'm like, that's our situation. Cause it's not like I can tell you that we got a whole mass of people ready to do this, this or that. Um, I mean, that is a problem is that the, the, the problems that we're talking about are immense and the, the pieces that we're able to put in place right now to even speak about building an alternative are so small. So I think, um, I think even for me, when I say I, we must have revolutionary change, I have to acknowledge, I'm not entirely sure what that road looks like, you know, um, I, all I can say is it needs to be independent of the Republican Democratic Party and it needs to be independent of like nationalism and it's not going to support it. It needs to be projected towards taking down our own government, not worried about what other governments are doing that are not my, that are not the governments that are oppressing me directly. So those are some things I know. And I, and I think it needs to be centered around the working class. Beyond that, how where do I go? I'm not sure. So. That. The notion of okay, what are we doing? In some ways, like that's that's a tougher question for me to answer. I'm just going to admit admit, admit admit that. Something I keep hearing people are just like they want to massively leave California. They want to, or they think DeSantis is going to be their savior. Like I hear that in some of the discussions that we're having. Um, I see the emails, <laughs> or it just you know, and it's it's another way of saying like. This is where we should put our faith in, right? And I just, maybe it's a distraction to think that, like, just sharing myself, like, I'm maybe we should, if we use someone else, like, thinking that way on this, in uh, here in this discussion, like, I, I think that that happens a lot to us here living in this country and putting our faith into, um, you know, reformist views i think sometimes that that that's easy to fall into and i'm still dealing and grappling with some of that is but 
that is the same way in the other side, on the other aisle. Like I talked to my friend Jake and so much of what he says is like, ah, we're the state of the freedom is here in Florida. It's like, it's such a way of thinking that is similar on like flipped for liberals living in California, you know, mm-hmm. who think like it, California should be the only state. Like it's the, it's the safest state because everything here is so, you know, you're free according to liberals or to conservatives it's florida is the new freedom like because of their anti-mandates well there are other things that are happening that we're also being distracted by that you're just putting all that faith that you're just like thinking that this is it for you and so i guess what i'm just trying to say is that the script can be flipped over and these discussions are still things that I think people are like, even in the email list that we're just seeing, like, I don't know what, how many ones I've, I've subscribed to with you all, but there's a bunch of emails that I keep seeing from workers and students for choice and another forum and another forum. But anyway, I see, I see how there is even like, let's discuss some of the things there, like SB, whatever California law is being discussed. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, yes. It's like the, the, the thrill of just, Oh my God, it wasn't put on the desk. It wasn't actually, it was vetoed. It wasn't actually like, Oh my God, what is this doing to me? I feel like I'm having this like anxiety over, please don't vaccinate children, my nephew, you know? So it's like, I can see myself just even trying to like dependent on these people and these politicians and trying to affect change and like hanging by that. It just, what it does to me as a person, no? And I'm not going to move to Florida where that's not being done for children. And it's just, or I'm not going to move back. Like I can't, the situation in my family, it's not, we're not going to all move to Mexico where it's not going to, you know, children are not being vaccinated. So it's like, it, it happens for everyone. And I think that that's what I'm, 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 I think I'm empathetic to. It's a lot of people that are listening and viewing this. It's great if you're enlightened, but you know, for the rest of us, I think that there is still, for the ones who are progressing up on, you know, the, the, the in, intermittently, I think it's still, you know, causing these two, like, for the revolution and for momentary, like, um, um, I was going to say a drug, like, you know, like momentary, uh, just alleviation of what's happening with all the assaults on our civil freedoms. Yeah, I've been witnessing that exodus from the West Coast. I guess I've been sort of a part of it, even though it's quite <laughs> into Idaho. But, um, yeah, I got to wonder, like, how many people who have moved from, let's just say, like, blue states to red states have done so and then, like, sort of jumped on on the bandwagon and are, you know, like, a lot of people are saying DeSantis is going to run, um, you know, for president or be on a ticket or stuff like that um, versus, like you said, Eduardo, like, how many people were just, like, desperate for some sort of relief whether economically because land is cheaper or to escape a mandate or just a really oppressive cultural environment. Um, And I think, I mean, we'll see, but one thing, one thing I was just thinking of, which, okay, this is about Roe v. Wade, which, and it might seem a little off topic, but I think it, I think it in some ways is kind of representative. So I have like a very, I mean, I'm pro-choice, like I've always been pro-choice, but I have a very different take on that debate that's been going on for fucking ever, my lifetime anyway. Um, And it's a huge uh, 
weight in terms of getting people to argue over like Supreme Court nominees in particular. So if a woman wants to have an abortion, right, she can do that herself outside the system fairly safely. Like all you need is some herbs, some information, and I would argue like some like a some sort of sisterhood or some sort of like support. Um, and I know a lot of people would say like, oh, that's so dangerous. Well, like not talking about a fucking coat hanger. But it, it women have been having abortions and women have been birthing without the help of the medical system for <laughs> centuries. I mean, it's just not like I'm not saying it's not an intense thing to go through physically and mentally. Of course it is. But in terms of like the logistics, you don't fucking need the permission of the highest court. Like you just don't. And I think that like mindset switch of like we have to figure out ways to however you want to say like build parallel societies or figure out a way to like stop fucking asking permission you know the same way that like okay I'm just gonna wear the mask because they told me to wear the mask or I'm just gonna take the vaccine because otherwise how am I gonna keep my job and therefore keep my health insurance and blah 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 and I think that's like I don't know for me like that's kind of the the biggest like mental shift that has just like freed me from the, I don't know, like the clutches of <laughs> whether it's like identity politics or electoral politics or just all of this. Like it's just a fucking cage that doesn't need to exist, but you have to kind of step back and like see that it's a cage before you can do anything about it. And we're, I mean, we're not a long way from that, but collectively you know as a population we are uh, yeah i mean i don't know like again that that attitude i think is what shifted in me personally in my journey you know of you know being an, a person an immigrant right like the let me drop some identities here check some boxes <laughs> to a country you know and like feeling small right and then goes to uc berkeley feeling small and you know, constantly asking for permission to exist and having to, you know, that's that's one of the reasons again. And then in politics, that I I, I disagree on an individual level. Like it, it it just pictures you as a victim, you know, not a survivor, right? As a victim, not a person with power. You know, to to a degree, obviously, there's still fucking things that can imprison you in so many ways. But you know, it, it's and I think that. You know, in order to to construct those parallel societies, you know, we're gonna have to be empowered first as individuals. You know, revolutionize our indiv- us individually, live a life, you know, as much as we can as a revolutionary, right? Like because, you know, and I'm not just talking about socials, right? And or this or that, and we can even that, right? Socialism. The, once we have to construct society, there's another set of fucking problems. What I do know is that we had to destroy this one. What I do know is that these laws and these systems are not built to empower us. They are built to maintain those cages. You know, I, I don't know like the, the roadblock there, you know, this this task alone is tall enough, you know, and, and, and again, what I do know is that, and that's why I do, you know, I'm not saying like not, let's not have conversations that, you know, I hope that's clear. 
that's why I accepted having this you know conversation. That's why I want to be in this group here. And and, and I want us to disagree, you know, in in, in, in things and, and change each other's perspective or challenge each other because that's what it takes to revolutionize me as an individual, you know, and and really ask tough questions, you know, for myself and deconstruct frames, you know, because th that process is painful, you know, to, you know, I, I, it's my partner has this uh, beautiful metaphor of a maze, right? Like we're watching uh, Westworld and, but she herself has always thought of a maze, right? And like, when you think you've reached the center, you're fucking starting over, <laughs> you know, like, and then that's perpetually like that. When you think you're balanced, you have to, you know, constantly. And, and I am a person who I love that, like change and evolution and asking tough questions, you know, to myself, to be honest to myself. Um, you know, I, I saw this metaphor the other day. I don't know. I'm going to paraphrase. I don't even remember who it was, but it was something along the lines, Frederick Nietzsche, like along the lines of if you want to uh, live a peaceful life and like something's like that believe if you want to you know if you want to be a pursuer of truth then inquire you know and and so like i'm obviously an inquirer you know i want to ask questions and, and and you know like hopefully that leads me to some peace at some point um and, and I, by and large i am at peace because I, I i i like i feel a little free from all this bullshit i don't have to waste energy on all this bullshit of Kentaji Brown. You know, or you know, or the 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 election cycle, or you know, the census, or you know, like all this bullshit. You know, and it has a cost. You know, it does have a cost, and I haven't come to this on myself. I don't want to pretend like I'm this messiah or like this person who's figured it out by himself. Hell no, it's been all these conversations with all the people that we've had here. Some of which I agree with completely. Some of which I. Some would agree, some which I'm completely in disagreement with, you know, but that's what it takes to revolutionize yourself and be part of something, right? Like the, to build something different. I, at least I suspect, I don't know for sure. I'll let you know, maybe, <laughs> but at least that's like, I, I guess that's the part that I believe, you know, like, and so I'm both a believer and inquirer, you know, and that's why I, I believe you have to have as a revolutionary, this has to be some uh, some hope like I, I i do think there has to be hope to be a person that wants to change this world fundamentally you have to be a fucking folk, hopeful person who who looks at shit for what it is not for what they tell you it is you know for you think it is and and so you know it, it's hard work you know it's uh but i prefer to live that life and actually i think it has given me peace and like i reserve my energy <laughs> for certain things, you know, rather than all these theatrics and TV shows that they're playing at the, in Congress and, you know, during every election cycle. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, in listening to you, Kenny, I was reminded that in many ways, one of the episodes we had, which was something that kind of unlocked my brain in a way that made it more, made me more open to some of those things that are, have, I have since taken on. Um, was this guy, Eric Lerner, when he talked about the Big Bang. And he was like, the Big Bang is not, not only is it not a good explanation for the origin of the universe, it's one of the worst explanations and it has no, has absolutely almost no evidence to, to hold it up. And I became convinced of that. And he was a person who was very much in the COVID narrative, you know, like, um, and I think still is. 
but that episode really kind of was like boom you know like and it it created um notions that there are there may be not the things that i'm holding on to i might have to you know let them alone um and i think jessica if i had heard you say what you said about because i think we both agree on persons that is there any person's right to choose i'm pretty sure we both agree on that if you had been at an earlier episode when Eduardo and I were just doing the show, and even Kenny hadn't joined us when we had talked about abortion rights, and we were both supporting abortion rights, I feel like I would have disagreed with you at that point, like but two or three years ago. But now I think I understand what you're saying, and I'm going to try to say it in this way if I get it right, which is I'm for abortion rights, but I'm not going to in any way going to trust the state to 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 give it like, I'm, and I'm not going to look for it as an avenue for delivering it. Like I'm not going to, cause that is a, another trap. In fact, that's a deeper trap than a person who might not even be for yes for, or no for because, and I agree with that now. Like I, I think whatever we're going to do to as part of women's being as part of women and men and black and white and immigrant and non-immigrant being equal in society that's going to have to do with getting rid of these states. Um, and that is the, that is the biggest, one of the biggest enemies that we face. Um, it isn't whether or not you want that Planned Parenthood or not that Planned Parenthood. That is an illusion of fighting for women's rights um, and even fighting for abortion rights because the state behind it is, is, is prepared to smash women as much as men. Um, so that is something that if that's the spirit of what you're saying, I, I like, it's taken all this thing to get me there because we would have had an argument for three years ago. And now I think I'm not even going to argue with you because I think I, I agree with what you're saying. But I but I still believe that this this little performance that we're watching is a major showcase for the U.S. ruling class putting lipstick back on its pig. And, um, you know, we just have to keep we have to just call it out for as a as a charade that's meant to fool us and harm us, not something that's meant to make anybody's life better. Right, I got to um, ask, what did, you got, what did you guys think of that she couldn't define woman? <laughs> I, I, I haven't watched any of that stuff, so I don't know what to make of the, like. I think it was the most viral, like, clip that I saw going around of the hearing was basically a, uh, I don't know, some Republican uh, asked her, like, could you define the word woman. And she said, I can't, I'm not a biologist. Which... That reminds me, I know it's, I, I'm trying to listen to back episodes where I was not a part of because um, I was in Mexico and I listened to that discussion you all had, um, transhumanism. Mm -hmm. I thought it was out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, really I gotta didn't. say her I mean her her answer to that like not because of it went viral or whatever and becomes like a Republican talking point but because of the implications of that I find that extremely frightening in the same way that I I think was it Eduardo who was saying um that you're like physically like scared of the mandate stuff mm. coming down from liberal justices I feel the exact same way with women's rights I mean is and it's just I, I mean you're literally like she's literally there as a diversity hire right like she's there because she is the first black woman nominee and yet she can't define the word 
And I mean, it makes her look stupid and it makes, I think it loses a certain, you know, sector of the population, especially working class people and working class women. Um, but it also has huge implications in terms of like what, you know, changing laws with regard to gender and all of that stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> but like people are celebrating her as like a continuation of like, you know, Ginsburg's like fake feminism or whatever. And this is just like the new, new version. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if she did say, I, I consult science, then she's certainly basically saying, I'm prepared to be told what to think. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a, such a, like, I don't know. I'm just tired of hearing grown adults in positions of power just lie, just, like, flat-out lie about, like, the most plain thing in the world, like, whether it's, like, this piece of like cloth on your face protecting you from a virus or whatever. And everybody just like goes along with it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She doesn't know what a woman is. <laughs> she has one, but she doesn't know what it is. Got to consult a biologist. Like uh, it's yeah. Defer to experts. You got to defer to experts. Even when you're literally like, you know, how many degrees does she have? Anyway, well, I had to bring that up because it was just yeah. Like, I mean, there's so many areas we can go into that. I'm very curious. I was going to make um, a connection with what I had heard with you all discussing with John Isaac about transhumanism, but I don't even want to delve. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about the pedo stuff either. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. 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 I don't even know. I don't know. All right. Well, let's conclude. <laughs> on that note <laughs> <laughs> that does it for this week's episode what's left is a weekly political podcast last channel challenging the mainstream left we post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we found this episode or on our blog at what-s-left.com uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us I remind folks if you like anything you have heard here please subscribe rate review turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, what's this? Is Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, or Telegram? Rump, 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 rumble. Yes. Yes, as well. And you can find all of that on the episode notes. Thank you. Uh, I'm Eduardo Barca with co Jessica, Kenny Sepeda, and Andy Lipson. Thank you all very much. See you all next time. Ciao.